You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, a bonus episode on coping and dealing with the impact on your income and career due to the coronavirus with Stephanie O'Connell. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. So I thought it was really necessary to come and do a bonus episode on this week's podcast. So this week's podcast episode, it came out Wednesday. If you're listening to this in real time, it came out Wednesday, April 8th with Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez. And Stephanie and I recorded that conversation a few months ago. And while the conversation and everything, we talked about it, super relevant. I think you can learn from it, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working full time or whatever it is. I thought it was necessary to record an updated conversation with Stephanie because since our conversation that was recorded, there's so much that has happened. I mean, the coronavirus, hello, um, this pandemic, how it's affected the economy and just our overall lives um, have all changed. And so I thought it was very important to have Stephanie come back on the podcast this week to talk a little bit more about what's happened for her, right, as a entrepreneur and business owner. And she's going to share how she's been basically coping, dealing with everything that's happening. And we talk about some real practical things that anyone here listening can do right now to help themselves, whether it's a loss of income for yourself or your spouse or partner, and how to take advantage of any possible resources that are available to you. And then just like the mentality of getting through all this. We're going to talk about all that. So this is episode 149. If you want any of the episode show notes that we talk about, go to Journey to Launch dot com slash episode 149 as always tag me on social media i'm at journey to launch on instagram twitter and facebook take a screenshot of you listening share this with me so i can see that you're still there um tag me and i just love reading basically everything you guys have as a takeaway from the episodes all right let's hop into this conversation with stephanie hey journey so I had to have Stephanie back on the podcast this week because when we first recorded (laughs) the episode and the conversation, it was before the coronavirus, this pandemic, and then the stock market crash and everything that's been going on. And so much has changed for everyone since then. And while the conversation I had with Stephanie was super relevant and still to me um, is good to hear to this day, I think there's so much more to be kind of updated about what's going on with Stephanie um, in general, talking about just how people, how Stephanie's dealing with the everything going on in the market and as an entrepreneur, especially just the loss of income or p- potential loss of income. So Stephanie, welcome back to the podcast. Oh boy. What a, what a lifetime it feels like it's been since the last time I spoke to you. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because I feel like I forgot exactly when we recorded the conversation. It was a couple, I, I feel like it wasn't, it was maybe like a couple months ago and how fast yeah. things changed. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, like life couldn't be much more different, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for 
a lot of people right now. And, you know, and everything I say, I, when I've been sharing my experience, I say with like the full knowledge that I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm in good health. I have a place to go. I have some savings, but man, it is really tough. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of get into that because when we did speak, you were planning, you know, you're gearing up for your event, the statement event, which was happening in May, beginning of May. And that was an in-person event in New York City. And you're mm-hmm. talking about just in general, um, your entrepreneurship journey and how already that had ups and downs to it. So can you just share an update about the statement event and like how you had to pivot for that? Plus really what you've been doing as an entrepreneurship, as an entrepreneur now? Yeah, so the change in statement event is actually a great example of what entrepreneurship really feels like. So, uh, you know, we had everything in place ready to go for this May 1st event. We had sold a lot of tickets. We had a sponsor. Um, We were just about like six weeks out, just finishing the details when coronavirus really took hold in New York City. And naturally, we realized we we were not going to be able to have the event in person, um, much less in New York City. And so we made the call to transition the event online. Uh, And in doing that, we really thought hard about, okay, well, if, if people aren't going to be able to have so much of that connection and networking that adds so much value to the experience, how do we feel about continuing to to charge for it? You know, we were, this was an expensive event. It was like $400. It included food. It included two days of programming. It included happy hours, all of these things. And my partner and I ultimately decided to refund everyone's ticket and make the event free. Uh, we were able to do that because our sponsors are continuing to stick with us, which is going to cover the cost of all of our speaker fees and the event platform for doing the event virtually. That said, it's been extremely difficult because we went from having almost $15,000 in our event bank account that we were going to use to pay our speakers, to uh, pay for you know all the things that it costs to produce an event. The day we refunded the tickets, we then had negative 200 something in the account. Right. And so I remember logging into the bank account that day and just crying. Like I just looked at it and I'm like, I just, I've been putting, I've been working on this event for three years. This is our third year doing the the event. It's the first time the event was going to be profitable. And, and, you know, we had money in the bank and then I'm, I'm looking, sitting there looking at a negative bank balance. And I just like, I cannot like deal, deal with this, like three years of work for what? And I, I cried a lot and I let myself feel that sadness. Um, and then I got to work and, and like, you know, I know the sponsor money's coming. It hasn't come yet. TikTok, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and and so we've just kind of been like thinking about, all right, what's like the best course of action? How do we engender as much goodwill as possible? How do we still create something that's really excellent? But man, like it really hit me so hard to feel like a lot of that work is just kind of gone, um, and and compounded on that is. Um, the loss of my husband's work. So uh, my husband works on Broadway. And so anyone who who's been following the developments knows that like getting together with, you know, over 500 people in a space like a theater is probably not a good idea for the near future. Um, originally, Broadway uh, furloughed all of their workers for a month. Um, 
I imagine that's going to last three, six, maybe 12 months. Uh, so we're dealing with a major loss of income, potentially a loss of health insurance. We're not sure. Uh, so, so we're kind of like coping with that economic reality. My business is kind of coping with its economic reality. I personally had another business contract uh, that would have, you know, kind of made my revenue goals for the year fall away. Uh, so it's just been like a really, really sharp downhill. And that was a lot of me talking just now, but I hope some of it made sense because yeah. it's just been a kind of emotional time and it's like a lot to process. No. So I'm just like <laughs> and I'm so glad that we're able to actually talk again and get like the latest and updated because honestly, there's so many um, people going through this same thing and at different maybe levels and maybe different industries and maybe not all entrepreneurs, like, you know, just like this, maybe it's their partner, right? Like that's has yeah. a loss of income or their job is a bit unstable and things that you once thought were secure and like, it's going right. Like it's going to happen yeah. are just not like our world yeah. looks completely different. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing that because I know there are, I know I'm nodding my head while, because while like I didn't have like a, so I was planning my live event for journey to launch and I didn't go as far and you know, I didn't, put money down for a venue yet but all that obviously like has changed and all these things that I was supposed to do have changed and potential income sources that I know um would have came through or at least there would have been just more opportunities are not because everyone's like waiting so they're either postponed or canceled altogether and so it's this feeling of wow you literally like all these things you could have never imagined <laughs> would have happened and they're yeah. outside of your control um for the most part so for the things we can control, right? So for the things that we can control, which for you with your event, it was like, how can I still bring value and still put this on? And so you decided to make it virtual. Um, so when it comes to now you as a business, like a, as an entrepreneur and then your husband, like what are you guys doing to withstand all this uncertainty? And you don't have to have it all figured out, but I think just walking through what you're doing may be helpful for some people yeah. who are looking for some solutions too. Yeah, so the first thing I did was just be sad. And I think that's really important to say because I think there's this pressure to like feel like you have to have answers immediately and that you have to be really productive or really creative or really like whatever during this time. And I, I have to be honest, like I lost most of the month, month of March to just being pretty depressed. Um, and I, 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 I felt guilty for it for a long time because like I saw a lot of people like being like, oh, I'm going to create this resource and this product and this book. And like, I was like, that's wonderful. And I want to be able to do that right now. But like, I really just need to grieve this right now. And, and, um, you know, again, sit and, and be thankful for what I do have and be grateful for my health and be grateful for the, for the savings we've built up, but still like acknowledge that there is a real loss here and that that takes a minute to process. And then I could start thinking a little bit more clearly to your point about focusing on what I could control. I looked first and foremost at our expenses. And so like the first thing I did when we realized like that both my husband and I had zero income for the foreseeable future was we just went through all of our expenses. Like I literally went through everything we spent money on since January 1st. And I just made a list of anything that was recurring or anything that was discretionary that we didn't need or that we could at least temporarily get rid of or renegotiate. Um, so I like canceled all of 
like our, my, my class pass membership, for example, I had just ordered a bunch of clothes. I returned a bunch of clothes. I just like the littlest things I could find, like X out of the budget. I X out of the budget because like, this is time to go bare bones. So we're paying for rent. We're paying for insurance. We're paying for, you know, utilities, internet, things like that. But like, it, we don't absolutely need it to survive. We're with the exception of like Netflix, we're not paying for it. Yeah, <laughs> we are actually, still paying for streaming. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually love that because it's practical. It's such a practical, um, thing for everyone to be able to do right now. And so what's coming up for a lot of people and we can get into it is like, okay, if you had a savings account before this all happened, um, and depending on how much, right, that was in the savings or emergency account, then there's a little bit of cushion there. But if you didn't and things are tight, like what can you actually do right now? Right. And so a lot of that goes to look at your expenses. Like that's the first immediate thing that you need to look at because you may need to go bare bones if you want to create some sort of cushion for yourself um, with the uncertainty of everything happening. So I love that you gave those practical tips because part of it too is like, these are things that maybe you don't want to do, but you need to do like they're necessary now to survive depending on your situation. Right. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that was really valuable for us is like, we are lucky to have some savings, but it was really good for us to look at what is like the total monthly cost of our essential expenses of our bare bones expenses. And how does that compare to the amount of money we have in our savings account just so we feasibly survive in a worst case, zero income scenario. And so like <laughs> just to be able to see that we might have like three months worth of essential living expenses and savings or six months or 12 months, like that's going to totally change our approach to what we do next. That's the difference between figuring out whether we need to maybe break our lease or like, <laughs> <laughs> or we can afford to stay in our apartment for a little bit. So it was helpful for us to do that calculus. And then I would say after that step, the next thing we did was start really getting clear on what the policies are right now. So like, what are the government policies and resources that are available to people who've lost their jobs, to people who've lost income, to small business owners, to my husband, who's um, unemployed now. And and we actually both filed for unemployment because I, I pay myself from my company as a W-2 contractor. So I filed for unemployment from my company. Um, and my husband filed for unemployment from from his work. So we're waiting to see now if we'll be able to uh, just get like a little base stream of income from that as we kind of wait out this, this next step of who knows, like we kind of don't know what's ahead. Uh, but that's kind of like been our second resource, second step in addition to filing our taxes because our 2019 income will actually qualify us for part of that stimulus check. And we wanted to um, make sure that our taxes were filed and our bank account information was up to date so we could have it direct deposited to our account. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'd want to go back because you mentioned some things I just want to expand upon that are really key mm -hmm. for people to be, um, to hear. So one, your, your emergency fund. So when you look at, if you're trying to build and see how much you need, what Stephanie said about your bare bone minimum, like, because for some people, right, if they looked at everything they spend now and they think that, that they have to spend like save three to six months of that, that, it's going to be a lot of money for a lot of people. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but with this bare bones expenses, it's literally looking at just what you need to survive. Like what's the rent yes. or mortgage? 
What's the amount of food you need? Not like going out to eat, like bare minimum like this. You can survive on this. Maybe just internet, maybe just cell phone and getting to and from if you're still working kind of thing, like bare bone, nothing, nothing extra. And that hopefully is less than what your current budget is because usually people's budgets include a little bit of the extra stuff, which it's fine, but in times like this or when you're trying to save bare bones, you don't necessarily want to include that because then you can get to saving um, something reasonably uh, a little bit better. So I want people to think about their expenses in two ways. Like I know I did this when I was leaving my job um, to prepare for that. I thought of it as if we don't change anything in our spending, what does that look like? How much do we need for six months or a year? If we went bare mm-hmm. bones, like things were getting tight, like how much is that? And that our savings would keep hold us a lot longer looking at that number. So that's one. And then the second thing I think um, is really interesting or in, for people to know is like filing for unemployment. So the unemployment rate, I forgot what it is at this point, like the amount of people that have filed, it's like record breaking. Yeah, um, it was like 6 million and then 3 million. And then it'll probably be another record breaking number this week. Yeah. And it's insane. So, so many people are filing for unemployment. Oh, I saw you had a cool tip on Twitter about, it was like a browser tip. Share that tip for anyone who's been trying to like file that can't get through. So these are, this is for people who live in New York state. I don't know why, but apparently the secret to getting through and having your claim filed in New York state online is to download the Microsoft edge browser. So if you're using Chrome or Safari or a different browser and, and you're having trouble getting through, download the Microsoft Edge browser and then file for New York State unemployment that way. For some reason, that seems to work. Right. It worked for you. So I thought that was a, such a practical tip. And then the other thing, because this actually is our situation, is so for that like stimulus check that you mm-hmm. can potentially get and it's looking at your income, right? Like you also have to be like, think about it, which year, right, that they're going to use? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we don't really know. Is it for sure that we know which year they're going to use? Or it's more of just your so, last year's taxes filed? Yeah, if you if you haven't filed your 2019 taxes, it looks like they're going to use your 2018 taxes. If you haven't filed for 2018 or 2019, I'm with the exception of, um, I think, Social Security beneficiaries, I'm not sure that you will get a check. I, I don't want to like say that for sure. There's so many intricacies to these policies, but that's my understanding. I know that for us, we actually made more money in 2018 than we did in 2019. So there was an incentive for us to file our 2019 taxes because we will get a larger stimulus check because of it. Yeah, same here. So our 2018 like income was really high because I was still getting money um, from my job at that point. 2019, it was like less than half of what we brought in 2018. So for us, we like I was on my tax guy, like, hey, like, you know, can we try to get this filed? So um, same thing where you have to kind of really think through, you know, is it beneficial for you to kind of push and get this done faster because you'll be able to get a better um, check that if you need, you need. So I think Mm -hmm. those are all just great practical things, right? So really looking at what things are affecting you, right? Like what policies can help you at this point, but still um, taking what you can control. So when that comes to like your expenses, like you can control for the most part on that. Uh, So for you, what else has been on your radar or what have you been thinking of? So when it comes to making money, so we talked about expenses, Mm -hmm. but on the other Mm -hmm. side of things, how, how do you feel about your opportunity now to earn money? Cause you're, you're in the personal finance space as, um, 
you know, as an expert and you talk about money. So I would think just like the same way I am that there is some opportunity here for brands and people to want to partner with you to help talk more about money because people are surely going to need to hear this. Uh, How do you feel about those possibilities um, coming through for you? You know, I, I gotta admit, I'm still kind of struggling with how to talk about money right now. I know everybody wants to hear about money and like, I'm really happy to share my experience of, you know, what we've been through in the last month and, and like the loss of income, how that feels, what resources we're pulling from, uh, how we're cutting back our expenses. But when it comes to actually monetizing that and monetizing financial advice, I have to admit, like, I'm really struggling right now because I know other people are struggling. And so I feel like a sense of obligation to, to need to just like share my experience and, and, and not charge for it, which is like probably the worst business entrepreneur thing ever. (laughs) But like, I'm having a hard time like finding where I feel comfortable being like, okay, this is what I need to, to do to like pay my bills. And like, this is what I do to pay my bills. And, but also like kind of doing that in a world in which like people are really hurting right now and, and you want to be able to help and you want to be able to be there for them. So I don't know, like maybe you have thoughts. I know everyone else has a different approach, but like, I'm kind of struggling. I got to admit. Well, I'll be honest. It's, it is tough. I think, um, it's tough because there's a different, I have different, I, I waffle back and forth like each way, right? Like I, there are a lot of people struggling um, in for, with money and um, necessities, right? And I yeah. think there are resources. I think when it comes to, so I think for you with your business model, from what I see, like you're not really, you don't really sell anything direct to um, like the consumer, Correct. right? To a person. Correct. Like you mostly deal with brands and um, companies that help, you know, bring you on to help to help promote or to amplify a message. So I feel like companies right now, like it would be smart for them to partner with people like us to help amplify and spread the message of financial, um, you know, literacy and just financial awareness. So I think there's opportunities there, but on the side where it comes to selling directly to people, I have this, like, I have the same kind of like, oh my gosh, right? Like, you know, there are people struggling right now and it feels kind of weird. But honestly, I felt this way before the, this pandemic. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's like, true. so Maybe, I think that's probably why I built my whole business model, not I'm like selling directly. To well, and so I think it's interesting because I've always said this about being in the personal finance business now that people like listen to me, some people listen to me because like they need like the financial help and they're wanting to do things better. And so it is a need, right? And then I'm providing a service or education. And then I think about like all the things that I like, and you still, even though you don't sell directly to anybody, like you still put out great content that helps so many people for free. And I feel like that's the same thing. Like I put so much work and energy into this podcast and into my content and that costs money, right? Like all that costs money. So I think about like the fact that this, like, it's not like a charity though. Like if I don't survive, then journey to launch can't survive. And then no one gets any help because then, cause I have to feed like my family, I have a mortgage and the more I'm able to do, then the more I'm able to help. Right. Like, and, and how, like, how can I pour from an empty well myself? And so mm-hmm. when it comes to like selling to people now, I think there's a way though to do it. Um, and I saw, you know, there's a video where both in a Facebook group and the videos posted David Neagle, Um, He actually was on the podcast before. And I tr- I'll try to post that for any other entrepreneurs and people who sell. And, you know, he made some really good points about, yes, there are people who are not doing it the right way. They are basing it on fear and, you know, selling to people who really like 
have no business buying anything at this point. But if you are like a person who's actually wanting to do good and, and have a service in this world, the best thing you can do for this economy is to have your own like little economy keep going. Cause like you don't want to be like another problem to the like, to everything going on, meaning like I can't support my family. So now I also have to like apply for assistance and be mm-hmm. another person that needs to help versus another family that can, that probably needs it more than me. But like, cause I can't pay my bills because I don't want to sell anything because I don't want to feel bad. Then like, I'm also now struggling. So he just talked about like, if you're doing it from a place of serving, you're not, if you, if the person can't buy, like they don't buy, but there are people who are actually in positions to buy, right? And, you know, if it's priced reasonably and fair or whatever fair means to you, then they can make that decision, right? It's not, as long as you're not like, you know, there's no, you're not forcing anyone to do it. It's more like, here's a service, here's a need that you have. I have a solution for you. Here you go. So I get you. I hear you because I think I was struggling (laughs) with that before, but I think even more, I start to think about what happens to me if I can't keep this going? Like how many people like write or depend on me like for information and help? And if I can't keep this going because I can't support my family, then no one at all gets this. Absolutely. And to be fair, like I do know many people who are really not economically affected in any way. Like they are able to work from home. They are going to keep their salary. Um, so, so like, you know, I, I was, talking to another friend of mine and I was like, you know what, you're actually perfectly positioned to help people because she sells invest an investing course. And I was like, you know, for people whose income has not been affected, their portfolio has likely been affected. So like they can use the income they're still getting to pay for some of your resources to help them manage the anxiety of a tanking portfolio. And that could be very high value to them and, um, and not a burden because they're not burdened by unemployment right now. So like, I definitely see that positioning. I think like, you know, it it depends on your existing business model. Like to your point, I don't sell directly to consumers as it is. So it's hard to like think in this moment, okay, I'm going to suddenly pivot my whole business model um, in a time of like financial crisis. But like, this is, this is kind of like the, the agility and and the demand of entrepreneurship is like, I just celebrated my seven year business anniversary. And here I am like every day feeling like I'm starting in some piece of it from scratch. And it's like, I think maybe that's the lesson here is that like, it's constant, like it's this constant reinvention and even a business that's successful. Um, you know, we were projected to, to have over six figures in revenue at the beginning of 2020. And now that that is not looking very likely. So like, I, I'm still asking myself a lot of the same questions I've been asking myself when I started. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, because we're talking about entrepreneurship. But like, I feel like this, this whole uncertainty, like, you know, for a lot of people, before all this, it was like, you know, most jobs are not most jobs, there are some jobs you just thought are stable, right? Like you didn't yeah. really foresee. Like my husband's job. Right. Like you're like, you know, this is a pretty stable job. It's not necessarily an industry that's like, you know, cryptocurrency kind of, kind of like, you know, it's a fad yeah. and it's going to go out of style or not be wanted here. Like who, who does, who wants to stop going to the theater, right? Like there's always going to be right. like a need for something like that. And then you realize that nothing really, it's like kind of, I'm going to say, it's, I feel like it's kind of bleak to say this, but I want to bring it back hopefully in a more positive way, but like <laughs> nothing is secure. Like literally nothing, no, nothing is. I, I have literally had this conversation now like several times this month because I, to your point, like I think 
this this has really upended the idea of what is security and what is stability. And I think what we're talking about, like the ability to adapt and change is now the new security. Mm. And like the idea of like my husband's regular excellent union paycheck job, like that is that is not secure. Like I thought that was security and I always thought I was the oddball, but like, you know, I'm probably better positioned right now to pivot, even though I'm the one who was like in the more volatile industry. So like, you know, I, I think maybe this is kind of the, the future of work that we're, that we're moving towards and like the demand for everyone, whether they're a salaried employee or not is to constantly be thinking about how they can remain agile, how they can use their skills to, to adapt to the demands and needs of the market where it is. Yeah. And, and to make it just to bring it like back also full circle while nothing is secure and stable. Right. And it's kind of scary because then it's just like, all right, so how am I supposed to find any comfort like in that? Like, why does it matter what I do? But I do think it matters. Like, and I know, um, I think hope, I know it's sometimes for like some people that seems so kind of wishy-washy and like positive thinking. Like you said, I think everyone deserves to have whatever feelings they have and moments they have. And if it's a crying moment, mad moment, you just like everything is just, you know, not okay. Like that's fine. But I do find that and believe in my heart, right? Like that this, I, like I was when, when the last like, um, stock market crash happened in 2008, like I wasn't really, um, I was like around early twenties. So I wasn't as aware or affected, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I was working and my, I had my job and I didn't really have investments that like plummeted or in any of that. But I felt, I feel like this has happened many times before. And in, each of those situations. So, you know, going back to the start of the like economy or, or I should say stock market. And, um, in this world, there have been like moments where everything seems to be going to like hell and like there is no like hope and everything seems bad. And if it just feels like if you have an, any level of hope or just positivity in you that you can project and like just know that you'll come out of this. So it's really just surviving and still like surviving through these times. It's just like keeping your head above water and thriving, even if you can, like that to me is key. So whether that means taking care of your mental, right. And emotional health right now. So again, there's a lot of that, you know, if you're not getting a skill right now, if you're not hustling, like you're lazy and you know, I don't, I don't like, I'm just like, listen, if you want to just like take naps, because that's what you mentally and emotionally <laughs> need, take a nap, you know, slow down if you need to. And so I just feel like you need to like, obviously take care of yourself, but look at the ways in which you can invest in you, right? And so for some people that may mean, oh, there's a free online course. There's this thing I always wanted to learn. Let me do that. Because someday we're going to get out of this and maybe I can use the skill. And for some people that may mean I just need to relax more. Maybe I've been going too hard, right, before all this. And I need to just like take care of me first. And that's investing in you to me. Like that's still investing in yourself. So I look at it as the ultimate commodity is you and your mindset and your willpower and your ability to, like you said, adapt. And so if we can continue to lean into like ourselves um, as our highest form of just um, our, our highest resource and take care of that, I think that we can withstand anything. I know that sounds corny, but that's how I feel. No, I, th- I think you're right. Like I, I and I want to be clear that though I might sound negative, uh, I actually do have a lot of hope. I, I have a lot of confidence that I will get through this, that you will get through this, that all of our colleagues will get through this. My husband will get through this. Like as a, as a, a country, uh, a, a world, you know, we're, we're going to come out the other end. Um, and I, 
I think it's a good point to end on to your point of like, there is hope and it's not all doom and gloom and it's not forever. Um, and even when talking about the simplistic things like reviewing line items in my budget and cutting them, like I'm able to do that really ruthlessly because I'm coming at it with that attitude. When I cut out my gym membership, I know that it's not forever. And I know that like my luxury, like travels that I planned for the future, like and, and canceling them might be painful, but again, I know it's not forever and losing out on contracts, transitioning things from, from in-person to online, seeing that negative balance in my bank account, I know it's temporary and I think, having practiced a positive mindset for so long, I'm able to deal with a lot of the negative emotions in real time, but also know that like those aren't going to stick to me for the next year. Like I, I was really sad for a couple of weeks, but like now I'm moving past it and I'm moving forward and I'm looking ahead. And I think like to your point, if we can practice that hope and we can practice that positive money mindset that will go a long way even in dark dark times yeah i love that and i do want to say this this is um something i posted um on my twitter and instagram and it really people really resonated with it so i'm going to repeat it here and it's my new favorite belief mantras you know like are cool but i feel like you can't just like say something you actually have to believe it and i do truly <laughs> believe this so i'm hoping that if you're listening to this you can adopt this and steal this and use this as your new mantra or belief or whatever you want to call it but it is i am open to money coming to me from new ways that i've never imagined and um i know some people can't even imagine what that looks like but whether it's now or in a few weeks or a few months um i just like to stick to more of that kind of thinking so i hope Maybe that helps someone else to um, being open to having abundance and money and whatever the health, whatever you need right now, peace in your life. You'll get that. Um, it's open. It's it's it. You're open to receiving it, and so that you can recognize it when it's in front of you. Absolutely. So Stephanie, please tell everyone where they can now join us because I'll be there now <laughs> for the statement event um, online and um, just follow yeah. you again. Yeah. So the statement event online is free now. So just definitely come join us. It's at statementevent.co. You can sign up there and it's going to be on May 1st. It'll be kind of like an all day event. We have really wonderful speakers coming in from like we have the deputy editor from the Atlantic is going to come speak. Uh, Gabby Dunn, who hosts another great money podcast is going to speak. We got a lot of cool people coming. So uh, if you want to kind of like talk about money issues, especially around women and money. It's a, it's a really fun thing to see and hear and, and just get different perspectives. Um, and then, yeah, I'm online at stephanieoconnell.com. Great, great. And I just remembered May 1st is my daughter's birthday, so I'll be in and out, but I'll be there. That's totally <laughs> fine. That's why we love the online thing. Yeah. So, okay. Thanks so much again, Stephanie. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this updated bonus conversation that I had with Stephanie. Like I said, I may be doing this for a couple more episodes that I've recorded um, for the podcast because some of the conversations were previously recorded a few months ago and things have obviously changed for everyone. So I think it's pretty relevant to do these updated conversations so that you can see in real time what our guests, what my guests are doing to withstand, to thrive and survive during these times with the hope that it can also help you um, during these difficult and just uh, unprecedented times that we're going through right now. So again, if you want any of the episode show notes, go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 
149. If you want to receive the jumpstart guide, so that's that free journey or jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey, text launch to 33777, text launch to 33777, and then share this with a family member or friend who you know could benefit from all this information. If you're listening to this in Apple Podcasts, that's that purple app on your phone, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And then also wherever you're listening, just subscribe because you don't want to miss an episode. All right, until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. (laughs) 